At Pew Talk Podcast, we know that faith starts in the home. We also know that it can be difficult to take what we hear on Sunday and live it out in our homes the rest of the week. That's because information alone doesn't lead to growth and change. But information that's reflected on and put into practice is much more likely to lead to growth and change. Join us as we hear God's Word, reflect on it, and give practical starting points to help you live out your faith in your family and in your community. Hello, everybody who's just listening to the podcast right now. We have a special guest here today. Especially. Especially. I'm not going to tell you until now. We can tell. Hey, everyone. How are you? Everybody, welcome. <laughs> do I what I, do? I call you? I can't call you Principal Rathke anymore. What do I call you now? I'm Greg tonight. Just Greg. Just yes. Greg. Yeah. This is just Greg. Uh-huh. Um, and he's just here. <laughs> just himself. I'm out of the bullpen. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the problem is, is that the Gerbers, both of them, decided to go get Cheerios, and um, that's it. They didn't. They didn't have any other reason. They said we can't do the podcast tonight. We have to get Cheerios. That that is a version of that story. They're- that's a scary churro. Yes. <laughs> and they, and they, they drove to Arizona to get them. Yep. Drove? Yep. No, they didn't drive. They flew. They probably drove to the airport. They did. <laughs> well, yeah. Unless teleportation was invented and I didn't hear about it. And um, so they're down in Arizona doing best practices. Is that what? Yep. Uh, there is a uh, Lutheran uh, LCMS convention for church workers, whether you're a pastor, uh, director of Christian education, principal, teacher. Uh, every year, uh, there's a church in Phoenix that hosts this so that uh, workers from all over the country can share what's been working with for them in their congregations and schools and then we can learn from them and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing conference because the church that hosts it does it they raise their own money so there's no admission cost they cover all the meals they see it as their gift to church workers across the nation which and, is amazing and that includes cheeros yes after like it has breakout session throughout the day like about an hour per session in between every single session they bring out different desserts like churros would be pastor Gerber's favorite and and then they have sometimes they bring out Hagen Dazs ice cream, sometimes lemon bars. It's it's a it's a sweet setup, quite literally. I would be shocked if he has not had a churro already. Shocked. Yeah. And the conference doesn't start till Thursday, so um, I'll be joining them in a couple days for that. So you went down early to get early churros. Yes, that's probably it. That's pretty nice. And then uh, Lacey's gone too because um, well she is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to tell the world, but I mean it's her story mm-hmm. to tell. Mm-hmm. So you know. But we have a special guest, former former principal Rath. <laughs> Now, soon to be, soon to be, Vicar. Vicar is that the official title? Yeah, it is. And so you went to St. Louis this last week. Yes, and, and you got not ordained, but you got like the blessing to actually start this program. Uh, commission might be a, a better Place. word. I know I'm not I'm placement, not big on. and then and then commissioning will occur the 26th and 27th. You'll, commissioning, you'll, not installation. Uh, that, that's two years from now. That's that's when I'm so ordained. Commissioning, commissioning, ordained. All these churchy words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you, am you, not you, the churchy guy. And so I have no idea what all these churchy words are. But it sounds like you're you're interning for us common folk. A good way to put it. So therefore, one day you can be a pastor. Is that really what it is? Nice description. <laughs> 
We common vote that. I'm a student pastor. That's even an easier way to look at it. Student pastor. I'm a student pastor. Yeah, you better not be late for recess, young man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, you had a very special pregame for this po- podcast. What, what, what you mean? I mean? When you say pregame, you were like really pregame. Well, I think it was 60 degrees, and you might as well go golfing when it's 60 degrees in February. Really? So nine holes, I'm nine assuming. Holes. I mean, it didn't, didn't take very long. I think I got to North Bend about 345, and I was here at 545. Oh, I didn't get the pregame like that. I drove right from my office to here. So, um, I, by the way, do your taxes. Mm-hmm. I drove to my house, <laughs> and then I did a two-mile run after work, and then I cleaned up and got here. I also did not do a two-mile But I did wake up at 520 to go over and work with Robert at CrossFit. So, do that, too. Yeah. That, <laughs> Paul got ready extra early. Yeah, hashtag not sponsored, Robert. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, um, but today, we are um, we're going to be talking about carrying each other's burdens a little bit. Yes, indeed. And so, um, we, had, we, had, I mean, we had a special guest for our podcast. We also had a special, uh, not a special, special pastor, special mess. I mean, what we Justin Hanneman guest? is a he is an ordained pastor, um, but he's also a trained counselor. Yeah, so he was special he's guest. Both. He was a special guest speaker. We had special guests all over the place today. Mm-hmm. I mean, this week. Yeah. Wow, this it's is a crazy. special week. It's a special week. It's because you guys are all going to Arizona and getting churros. Yeah, that that's that's definitely it. <laughs> <laughs> But he came. He came in from Grace Point, yes. and he had a special message. And, and so, he, and one of the readings that that he brought up was Galatians six one through five, right? So, mm-hmm. um, we don't have Stacy here to read it because she's eating Cheerios currently. So we're gonna have uh, Casey do it. I get to be a guest reader. Guest, man, we, we are crazy today. <laughs> wow. I'm not Stacy, but I'll try to at least live up to the high standard that she has set. Well, here. it is a very short reading, so you don't yeah. have to. Yeah, here's hoping I can pull this through. <laughs> God's got this. All right, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves as you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are nothing, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own action. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Well, that's So, the very first thing, I mean, I, and I believe um, it was brought up during the message, is the carry each other's burdens but also carry your own load. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? What is that kind of across for you guys? Well, and and the focus of the the, the focus verse was the carry each other's burden. And I, I think in this life, and maybe, and of course, speaking more from what I know, you know, in Western society, there's there's a very individualistic idea to it. You know, you know, your life is what you make of it. You know, no one's responsible for you but you. You know, and then if you if you catch interviews with people who are successful, whether it's athletics, you know, business, politics, there's a lot of I did this, I I I I I, but I think that can create the concept that we got to make our own life and it's weakness to rely on others. I, and I think this scripture is a good reminder of we're not going to do this life alone. We're In fact, we were built exactly opposite. We were built to be in community and to have our community support us, whatever that community looks like for each of us. There's, yeah. a, there's a certain pride that we all have that makes it difficult to either ask for help or even accept help, mm-hmm. either one. Huh. I mean, so we're, 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 we're asked to carry each other's burdens because mm-hmm. of what we might be carrying ourselves mm-hmm. but also to be able to carry ourselves so is that is that also basically saying that you can't just do nothing is that i would i would say absolutely i mean because each of us has seasons of life you know some and you know no duh to anyone who's listening sometimes you're you're having the time of your life it's a it's a great time for you other others of us listening to the podcast it's not a great time and but very rarely are all of us having an awful time at the same time and very rarely are all of us having an awesome time at the same time and i think that intermittent 
mingles because we're not meant to just sit down and uh, oh well my my life's rough right now yes i'll just not do anything but we still have to press forward because you know god has a purpose for each of us for each station that we are in life but for those moments when it's it's going really well for us we have the strength to notice those around us who aren't who, who are having a struggle in their life and for those of us who are who are dealing in those down and out moments to look for those who can help lift them and it's that's almost the harder space to be in at least in, in my life when i've had when i've had valleys I'll, I'll call them it's been a lot harder to admit i needed someone to carry my bird with me now you've shared a story when, when we were talking before the show you want to share that now sure or? um so justin hanneman is uh, a huge part of grace point ministries just counseling ministries christian based very christian based um they are their, their main headquarters are at the university of nebraska chapels facility they have their own facility there they also have offices at king of kings in omaha so they're very accessible so when i talked to president pastor snow the president of the nebraska district um way well over a year ago uh about a potential change and what is what is this specific ministry thing and do you think that this is something that i should do etc etc um he said i've got a good piece of advice for you um when you have major decisions like this perfect time to reach out to uh, counseling and he suggested great grace point because he uses a grace point and uh it was the the wisest smartest thing he could have told me because after probably three sessions certainly four it became crystal clear what i shouldn't do and maybe not crystal clear what i should do but it became crystal clear what i shouldn't do and that would be get right back into the fire of administration um those things that were frying me out mm-hmm. and there has to be some place where where you can use your gifts mm-hmm. yeah and he my actually my past my counselor was a former pastor and he was like he is very cautious he had sons who were thinking about the ministry and he was like you better really think through that because mm-hmm. it's not easy and so um, what ended up happening was uh we probably good counselors help you figure it out mm-hmm. and he helped me figure it out then you're more confident and that was yeah being a pastor you have gifts for a pastor but um it probably would be best if you're an assistant pastor not a head pastor and um like okay where's there an assistant pastor place at <laughs> who's who's got one of those open right because yeah. we really really kind of want to stay around nebraska because our kids are in lincoln and aubrey's in college in seward and we're gonna have two grandkids and like, so just move three states away what, yeah with that <laughs> and then it all you know got got it it all figured out well and isn't it interesting as we go through this journey called life that sometimes as much as you would want all the answers at once god it's at least in my life hasn't given everything you need to know all at once and i even though i would greatly appreciate it sometimes he just tells you what you need to know to take the next step like yeah. like i just i don't i just love the uh i didn't know what i needed to do but i found out what i needed to not do and, and sometimes that's all he gives us well and that and that, and that is like the whole basis of counseling because counseling itself is not hey let me give you my advice mm-hmm. it's like let me listen to this let me be with you during this time and just help you thought process yes no uh, doubt and then and then you could take those thought processes and work out what you need to work out so therefore you can make these these decisions with a clear mind and not a um you know well you, i'm not sure if it was reagan or my old boss ed who everybody knows used to talk mm-hmm. about having a clear mind versus having a deep mind and right now he was always saying we always need clear minds right now just to sit there and look at these things with clear minds and not be sitting there dwelling in this deepness going oh let me think of every little thing and be able to get that clear mind and that's what counseling really helps you get to because you can go through it because you can you can drive yourself crazy just thinking of mm-hmm. all the possibilities and all the different things and now you mentioned <coughs> you mentioned that you were in a position that had a lot of weight on you administrative I mean that was mm-hmm. a lot of I mean I, I run a business so that I understand that having everybody's job and everybody's thing is is you 
you you carry all that load and you have to make all these decisions. And actually, during the sermon this week, message, whatever church word you want to use, um, you know, it, it, I, it came across as the uh, decision fatigue. Yes. And it was my, it was the first time that I was like that. That's exactly what I'm feeling right mm-hmm. now. It was, and, and I would say actually having a name for things. What a, mm-hmm. what a, it was almost like, oh, cool. Now I can just take that and put it over here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know the name of it. So you go away. Um, but you know, just having to have that decision and make it, especially during COVID and all these things, mm. different things shutting down, trying to figure out, okay, do we master? Do we not master? Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we have to do this? Do we, I mean, how do we do? And they all look at you and they're like, okay, what are we doing? And you're like, oh, great. The, the line from that when he's talking about decision fatigue that just got got with me is, you know, and once you make a decision, you're not gonna make any happy. N- not every someone is gonna be angry with you. I'm like, oh, I feel that. I really feel that all the time. <laughs> That's just the thing. And you're never going to make anybody happy. And you should know that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just need to be able to work, talk through that. Mm-hmm. So I've described that as I know it in my head. I, I knew from graduating college, once I make decisions as a director of Christian education, not everyone's going to like what I have to say. I knew that in my head. I didn't know that in my heart. And that's, that's like, oof. I knew that was coming. That still didn't feel great. You know, what's interesting is you and I have talked when you were originally trying to find other jobs or whatever. We were, I think it was during a plant sale or something. We were moving mm-hmm. a table. I remember that. I don't remember. But I mean, at, at the time, I don't know if you were really looking this direction. Absolutely not. And so what was the decision making on that process? I mean, was it just something that somebody said or was it? <clears throat> well, well I, I found out about the SMP program last fall already. And so I knew what it, I knew what it was, but I also knew that being a head pastor someplace was not in the cards. And I also knew there were very few assistant pastor positions in and around the this area. area. Yeah. So I started looking for jobs around Lincoln, mostly where our kids are. Um, mailman. Um, there's, there, I mean, you wouldn't believe all the things that I and there were just some weird things that happened that were doors closed and it's like how'd that door close? They don't, you know what I mean? Kind of, it was yeah. kind of strange. Everyone <laughs> needs their their mail to them. Why can't yeah. it be me? Yeah, I like to walk or drive a car. Where the steering <laughs> wheel been is ra- on the it on the been right side. Walking routes, walking routes. Yes, exercise. Attacked by a dog. Oh, <laughs> yuck! But, but but as you said, you know these doors were closing, so therefore you were probably going, "What is going on?" Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that if God wants you to go in a certain direction, He's certainly going to shut doors, no doubt, and push you in a certain direction. Just because he's oh like, no doubt it, it's uh, when, looking back on it now it is it is just like clear. crystal clear yeah, it should have been clearer it what? just just waited he waited till the middle of May thanks you could give me a hint <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and said so then you you already knew about the program so then you decided to talk to Pastor Snow well whatever the, we got there and yes. he eventually that was w- kind of a kind of the same time period and then he directed you to Grace Point because mm-hmm. of that. and then you went through that process interesting yes. yeah and and I was a piece I was a piece I we it was working through June, so I still had a month and a half of income and some insurance. Yeah, and uh, it was I, I guess it, it's it was just that peace and trust that God wants us to have, and um, I was blessed to have it. You know, in the interesting side of that, the other side of that coin was was Pastor Dan. He he had an opportunity to retire, and he actually told me that because of this, he felt more peace at it because he felt like okay, I can step back and not leave Gerber with just hey sorry buddy have a good time and I think that also helped that as well so it was, it was God was like not just moving your life but also bands and, amen you know everything so it's not it's just amazing yeah we we, uh, we we I would not say daily but um close to daily we are in contact yeah. I mean I'm I'm it's like okay tell me so and so's story before I b- visit them or I'll have good stories to share with him you know I'll say I, I I met with George Jones and you aren't gonna believe and he wanted he wanted to make sure I told you hi it's it's a good thing yeah because that was actually one 
finally you're, you were going out and visiting people who were not able to go to church. Yes. Started that in August, I think. Yep. And you, you even said that was like a life changing kind of thing. Oh, it's just, uh, I can't even explain how awesome it is. I mean, it, it got, and it goes along with the whole taking somebody else's burden is because you're going to these individuals that have this burden that they cannot. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that a little bit, even during, during the Bible verse. Um, I also thought about a song that we sang that I can't, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones where you, it goes fast. Um, <laughs> if I, Da, 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 da. What is he singing? <laughs> uh, I, I, can't, I don't know words. I don't know words. Right now, why don't you be? Oh, do why, something. Do by something. Matthew, why by don't Matthew you West. do something? Matthew, you know, Matthew West, do something. Yes. Yeah. I, just, I just watched the backstory from mm-hmm. Matthew West on that song. Oh. You know, and, and, it's, and it's like someone complaining. No one ever does anything. And and then God says, um, I created you to do this. Mm-hmm. Or that's right now. He says, uh, <laughs> I, I created created you. Yeah. God, why don't you do something? God I did. says, and I he did. Said, I did. I created you it, mm-hmm. because we all, we, we are all responsible for carrying each other's mm-hmm. burdens. And it's so easy. I mean, it's so easy to almost like, feels like, sho- like when someone asks us a prayer request, it's very easy to almost shove it off on God. Like, you know, God, please help them. You know, I know they broke their leg. Help, help the doctors be smart and get them good treatment and may the pain go away quack, or quick, excuse me. Um, amen. Quack. Yeah. Quack. 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 <laughs> quick, quick. The doctor Doctors not a quack. quack. They help you. They, they need it. You hope it heals quick. Um, but then it's like, okay, I did my job. I prayed. I'll check in. Maybe we, I'll just like text them once in a while. But I did my job. I, I, I gave it to God. But And that's important. We should not cut out prayer because God is the most important ally we have in all of this. But too often it feels like, oh, I, I gave it to God and he's not doing anything. But we don't ask, where where can I jump in and be Jesus with skin on for these people? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, another another thing that's come up in your life, we, we kind of started this together and I just kind of said here you can take it and you ran with it is the Stephen Minister program that we're currently trying to build yes at, at Trinity and so you you've been going through some of that training so how has that been it's been good uh we finished last well not last week we were at St. Louis the week before so 10 days ago was the last was the last training session okay so, so five weeks of training okay just to just to clarify anybody who doesn't know what a Stephen Minister program is 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 a it's a church program that is non-denominational really um it's a Christian program that lay individuals in a church can be trained to help people go through will, will help carry some burden. Yes. It's not really counseling, but it is a offshoot of that. It is not counseling. Yes, yeah, not it counseling. is it is caring for people. Correct. We we care. There, there's there's a phrase, and I'm not gonna remember exactly what it is, but we <clears throat> the Stephen ministers will become caregivers. Jesus is the cure giver. So nice that's a good way to think about it. Uh-huh. Um so anyway, it uh it's a little daunting because to get it off the ground is going to take something. But uh, Anthony and I are meeting next week to put a timeline together as far as recruiting, um, advertising, getting the congregation up to speed and excited about it. It is all about carrying each other's burdens. So it's going to be a really good thing. Yeah. Now, I was a, I was a Stephen minister down in Blue Springs. Um, I did it for about three years or so. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a counseling degree in music therapy, which is essentially a psychology degree, but music, silly. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but so I have a little bit of background on yes. that, but I don't... Um, um, it, it's it's one of those things that has taken a back door, back seat, back, back seat, seat because.
because uh, now I'm an accountant. You're so. an accountant, and you've got got a family with little kids. I do. They're not so little anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're becoming teenagers. And mm-hmm. Yes. They're nuts. So, how many care receivers did you end up having in three years? Well, and I was just I was just uh, a peon. I was not in charge of anything. Then. Right. Um. I mean, they, we had probably 25 or so. Yes. You had 25 uh, care receivers, or you had 25 Stephen ministers. Oh, ch- uh, Stephen ministers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was it was a that's family. a lot. Yeah. And they and they would they would split them up into little groups and we would have a group mm-hmm. together and all that. Yes. Um, me personally, I only had like one or two at a right. time. Yeah. Right. Usually you just have one. Yeah. Because I mean, it's every week yeah. you're meeting with that person yeah. and there's a significant amount of training for the Stephen ministers, which the leader who's been trained um, does, the, does the training. Yeah. And so it's a process, but at least it started and it has great potential. No, yeah. And, I, and one of the biggest things that I remember about that is the individual who let it down, in, down there. She would meet with the care receiver yep. and then she would pray about who to match them match them with and yeah. do this whole process i don't know what her process was but and then she would be like i think you need to sit with greg or i need, I need mm-hmm. to sit with and you know male with male and female with female yes so, and that's a big part of that mm-hmm. but it, it and i do i do know that during that process there was a lot of of the Stephen ministers and care receivers that became friends over the time and then eventually they just said because we're friends we're going to end this you know and and eventually you ended anyway yeah but we're you know you, you don't want you don't want some to someone to have to be have the same care receiver for four years yeah you want them to you know get over get through their crisis well and help help them get through <clears throat> help them through their crisis and a lot of the crises that i help with with a lot of our marriage issues yeah. um we had a lot of people who maybe had a, a loved one who passed away mm-hmm. um who was just going through some grief stuff and just needed to yep. get you know help th- walk through that path with them yep someone neutral someone they could trust to just talk hey, non-threatening you just, meet, you just meet at a coffee shop or you meet somewhere and just talk and sometimes the things would last an hour sometimes they last four hours mm-hmm. especially the way that i sit <laughs> but i mean we you know helping the, helping individuals go through and you're walking this path with them and you know they had a i'm not sure if they still have this this picture of of uh, somebody who's in a ditch mm-hmm. and if you can if you get into that ditch with them then you're down there with them yep, but yep. if you have a the firm, root the root of, of Christ, onto the root then you can get out with yes. them and I, I remember that one specifically but anyways the point is is that what was brought up this weekend and and how much the statistics were talking about people who are now needing Ooh. more counseling and all this other stuff. It's daunting. But it's more important now and ever that Steve, the Stephen Ministry in Trinity starts oh, to get yeah. going. Yeah, so so honestly, it, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be good timing with this kind of happening right now with just with Justin sharing his message and it's out there, you know, and people are thinking about, it's tough, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. tough oh. times. I would say since, you know, it was a, say, five-week program and in those five weeks, I had at least four people stop by who would have been awesome to match up with a care receiver or, or a Stephen Minister. Just perfect. And I know of a couple people who want to be care ministers. And I, I mean, they're, they're, I even can think of matches. Are, it's exciting. Nice. That's, God gives that vision. That's yeah. that's special. Well, what's interesting about that, and we're talking about carrying each other's burden. What, one of the major roles that Stephen Ministry has in a congregation is taking some of that burden off of pastors yes. and, and, and helping them out because they can't be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, 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 they're supposed to be there for individual help, but to do that for everyone, um, that's, that's also daunting and you know, a lot on their shoulders. And so the Stephen Ministry is, is there to help carry that some of that burden off of them and to be able to help a lot more people in the congregation. And because and, and the fact that it's non-denominational, you can reach out more in the community and be like, this is, I know it's at Trinity Lutheran, but... Yes, you can. Yeah, you can reach out it, there. It, it can be a community thing. And that's one of the things that uh, that we're trying to do a little bit more of. What? <laughs> yes, we are. Trying to go out to the community. And- Tell people about Jesus and that there's hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost like we're a church. Why well, do something? <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> he said I did. I created you. <laughs> but it's and it's it's refreshing to hear of that hope because like some of the statistics uh, Justin had shared on, on Sunday, the one that knocked both Tara and I back was at the start of the pandemic, alcohol sales in the in Nebraska skyrocketed forty percent. Haven't gone down, and they have not gone down, even though we've gotten hmm. more used to the pandemic. Even though you know it's not completely gone, and we're still dealing with the effects of it, we're a lot more used to it than we were two years ago. But stress isn't gone, and and the struggles aren't gone either. And now more than ever, it, your neighbor needs help. Like like not not necessarily your next door neighbor, maybe they do. But we learn in scripture, your neighbor is whoever God has around you, whether they're physically your neighbor or not. And you know, you walk down the street, you you're passing someone who's hurting. You know, if you have any amount of people in, in your work environment, if I mean, particularly if if you if you're not still working from home, if you're back at your office, there's someone that's hurting there. Like this pandemic has has cut deep and wide, and, and there is a need for, for people to carry each other's burdens. Yeah, and, and they and they're they're now um, putting a lot more um, emphasis on how the pandemic affected children, mm-hmm. especially in schools. There are actually actually some studies are actually coming out, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're starting to realize how much people have been affected by shutdowns and masks and yep. debit, anything on the spec. You know, anything. Yeah. yeah, and and there's isolation. There's tons of, of things that can affect kids in, in this situation. Um, and depending what study you read, because there's so many of them, and there's so much to look at in how kids and youth have been affected by it. But the biggest thing, you know, and, and it's and you know, we went from not knowing anything about a pandemic being in the middle of one really fast. And as, as adults, we know a learning process means in a major situation things are going to change. But for but as adults, we've lived that. We know change can happen, and in crises, it changes quickly. For kids, they are looking for consistency. And if there's one thing the pandemic robbed kids of, it was consistency, things they could count on. And so if kids don't know what they can count on, then that creates a lot of those trauma instances that that we are seeing now. But what I find interesting is, you know, kids, you know, we all experience the pandemic together. And even though adults know how to cope more than kids do, adults are still having trauma too, dealing with this. I I, I would I would say uh, I, I am in a distinct uh, blessed position uh, that no one in my direct line of family uh, has uh, passed away due to COVID. Uh, but there are so many that have. The numbers are staggering. And if you if you if you're like me, if if you haven't had anyone in your family who's passed away from COVID, you're certainly affected by changes. What did it do to your job? You know, what did it do to this part of your life? So even though kids are are dealing with the trauma, it, I, I would almost venture to say adults are just as affected, but we just mask it better. No, no pun intended. We know how to hide it. We know how to put on the happy face. And almost no. <laughs> almost like we're trying, we know what other people want to see. So we just put that on. Yeah, um, one of the things that they failed to tell us last week was that seminary is a mass campus. So we all show up, no mask uh, the first day. And man, you talk about a bummer. <laughs> By the end, no one was wearing masks, though. No. It, it was just like, and our our leader was, he was just like, he wasn't going to fight it anymore. Yeah. So, um, but that was a bummer. To put a mask on again and for hours was a bummer. <sighs> like, I don't know if I can do this all week. Yeah. Because um, we got used to, to masks and then we had that, that rest, almost mm-hmm. reprieve, like last summer going into the fall. We got used to not wearing them. Definitely. And we were like, yes, we conquered this. And it felt like we were taking a step back and we didn't want to go back. You know, one of the, I was looking at the other reading from Matthew talking about um, how uh, Jesus's yoke is light it's easy and the burden is light um, you know we as men we're just three guys here oh 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 yeah I know you know but we we kind of we kind of have this mentality in America that we're supposed to just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps mm-hmm. and we're supposed to just carry on with this stuff mm-hmm. and um, I do know that I mean I look at my family I look at my job I look at all these things and I feel like okay I need to be strong for them and 
so the biggest thing that I have to keep on telling myself is like, I am not the foundation. I'm the foundation maybe for my family, but I am not standing on nothing. Well, and you know, we, we can oh, say yeah. standing on the rock. I mean, we've talked, we even the song we use in the beginning of this thing, my feet are on the rock kind of, um, but that is, it, it's one of those things that we don't immediately think of. It's just like, Oh, I got to be strong. I gotta pick myself up. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to, and then you get tired. You, you, you get worn and you get burnt out. Uh, and yeah, we were referencing one Matthew West song, one that hit me earlier this week. It's a newer one. Um, but the chorus says, I keep saying I'm fine and I'm fine and I'm fine and I'm fine, but I'm not like, and, and that really hit me. Cause how many times I, I can only speak, uh, as a, as a guy, you know, the, it's like Paul said, there's an expectation of, come on, you know, you, you know, you're not a kid anymore. Man up. Yeah, man uh, up, you know. Th- this Paul or, or Paul the Apostle? Paul the this Paul? Paul the Paul Paquette. Paquette? It's, it's just one and the same. Just go with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kidding. I, I mean, we are both saint and sinner, so this technically is St. Paul, too. <laughs> but uh, We don't want letters. So it's just, <laughs> yeah. No, Gerber will get them anyway. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I, I, I didn't experience this part during COVID, but um, prior to COVID, I, there was a dark time in my life um, and and struggling with mental health issues. And one of the things, one of the biggest mistakes I made was I I compared myself to what I what I thought was was shall we say a bad situation. Like I knew I wasn't as good mentally as I should be. But I you know when you picture I, I think because of the media or what Hollywood tries to portray, you have this image of mental illness that you know depression is crying constantly or dangerous thoughts and anxiety is you know having an attack where you're you know on the ball in a ball on the floor hyperventilating and those are very real things with depression and anxiety but that but more cases than not that's actually not what it is those are the most extreme cases and so i thought i i'm not great right now but i'm not doing that so i i i and i was one who i've known about grace point ever since i moved to omaha which was which was over five years ago and i recommended them to bunches of people uh and it finally it's one of the gifts of marriage for me it, it took my wife going you're not all right and i and i tried, i said i know i'm not great right now but i i'm i'm still functional and she goes less than you think you are hmm. and it took it took me going it, it took that to make me take a deep breath and say okay i need to see a counselor because this is not how life was designed to be lived and and that's exactly what the galatians passage is talking about and it it took a, a humbling for me to go i'm you know i'm not all right and i can't find a way there's no resource i have now that can get me back to close to normal and and so if i, I don't know if this applies to any any um any non-males watching but i wasn't like like sorry i like what i'm deep in this and like i couldn't find a word I, non-males, no, non-males. Yeah, yes <laughs> women girls <laughs> but if if you're a guy listening to this and and me fumbling over every word that ever existed um it is it is completely all right to admit you can't like at this moment you don't have it all together it's not an indictment on your life that you'll never have it all together and that you're an absolute failure as a human being it's a season that you're in and it's the other thing that bothers me <laughs> when i see it on on tv about counselors is if they're not if it's not portrayed as a last ditch effort they're usually the butt of a joke like and i i, I enjoy uh comedies and sitcoms but how many times does a a slightly off-kilter character 
start saying something out in left field and someone make a joke like, you need therapy. And if you land that joke right, it gets laughed. And I will admit, I have laughed at it plenty of times before. But then you get this image of, yeah, that's for the that's for people who are crazy. And I'm not crazy. So I don't need a therapist. I'm willing to bet that more people than not, in fact, I would recommend it for everyone to find because it's, you're not less of a human. You're not less of a man. You're not weak to seek help because you can't carry, a, you can't, what was the example that, that my counselor at Grace Point used? You can't pour from an empty glass. If you have nothing left to give, you can't help those around. And so sometimes you need to find something that will fill you up again. You know, it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast. It was Mike Rowe's podcast, <laughs> just the one they just downloaded recently. And he had uh, Dr. Peter Lilbeck, um, he's a professor at Historical Theology in Westminster Theology Seminary, wherever that is. But he was talking about George Washington. He was talking about how when he was getting um, sworn in as the first president, he actually added um, the the last line of, of when you get sworn in, you put your right hand on the Bible, and at the end of it all, he said, so help me God, right? That wasn't originally in what it was supposed to be said. And he, it's it's not in the official constitution uh, bows of president. Correct. Oath of yeah. office. That's what George Washington put that in, because he knew, I mean, because you, you, you um, let's say Dr. Lilback was talking about how he was trembling when he was doing this, because he had, he knew what the weight of starting this nation was, and the fact that he could not do that alone, and he needed God to be with him. And he was, you know, George Washington was a highly religious man. Um, and so I just, I was just thinking of your story and how we're, we're sitting there going, you know, we got to, we got to pick ourselves up and all this other stuff. But really in reality, we can't do this at anything without, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so, uh, Casey, when you were talking, it reminded me of, of my wife and Paul, you'd probably say the same thing. Non, non, non male. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I could add a new word to our lexicon. <laughs> so us uh, non, no, our non male wives. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Let's just drop that. Joke. Just our, just our wives. Just our wives. Yes, I mean they know. Mm-hmm. They know. We we can hide it all day. We we can give and give and give, but when we come home and there's nothing left, they know. Yeah. And that's not fair to them, honestly. And so, um, what really um kind of hit me like a two by four was last fall. Um, came home from school and uh, we were talking, and um, Leanne Leanne just asked, simply asked out of the blue, um, when am I gonna, when am I, when am I gonna get my husband back? Huh. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she and she wasn't being mean at all. She was just being honest because she knew. She knew. Um, so it was that your first wake up call on? Yes. That 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 was the that was the first that was the first time that that I really got serious about mm, what's going on here. It's not right. Yes. And and um, you you kind of knew before. Uh, I don't know if I do that. <laughs> you, you did a little bit because you know before we would sing your practice, you would say, "Hey, how's your week?" And you know when you when you're friends with people, it's hard to it's hard to um, you know, you learn their nonverbals really fast. You, you know what I mean, kind of. But you can see the weight on them. Yes. So anyway, that that was interesting. And my guess is that uh, when you're not right, Lori Lori knows, and you don't hide it from her either. Oh, no, she doesn't. T- she doesn't uh, hide it from me either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is that is that is part of marriage. It is part of marriage. It's a it's a it's a beautiful part of marriage. It's a hard part of marriage. Um. So fast forward to to I think what would be a uh, a happy ending is it's not ending but conclusion uh, to this chapter yeah maybe. just just a little piece of the story mm-hmm. moving it along and it all has some it all has to do with this whole counseling grace point uh-huh. um what i experienced and it was the weekend that uh anthony had covid which was about a month ago and he texted
texted me on, on late on a Thursday and said, are you ready to preach on Saturday? And I thought he was kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I texted back, you're joking, right? No, my luck has run out. I've, I've got, I've got the coof. coof. <laughs> Wonder who came up with that word. I don't know. I have no idea <laughs> who came up with that. <laughs> And, uh, and so I, I immediately was engaged and what it reminded me of was back when coaching was everything to me and my teams were everything to me. And I'm talking 35 years ago, uh, probably more than that, because I coached, uh, baseball, uh, in Wisner, uh, for four or five years and I put everything into it. I mean, my every waking hour was how can we be better? Okay. So this continued with coaching for, for many, many years, uh, towards the end, it wasn't that way because it was get coaching just it was tough at the end. coaching changed over 30 years uh, for a variety of reasons but it has nothing to do with what i'm trying to get to um so this is the way he's going to preach guys without these rabbit holes yes <laughs> let's bring you back <laughs> yes so so aubrey was home and aubrey uh and aubrey and leanne were starting to help me with ideas for the message and they kind of knew where i was going it was the petunia message if you remember right mm-hmm. and so but they said it can't all be it can't all be gospel a good Lutheran sermon. Where's the law? And I was like, I don't know. Where is the law? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I I never give the law in my chapel messages to kiddos. Yeah, you mentioned that. And eventually figured it out. But um, like I would think of something and I remember Leanne and Aubrey were shopping in Omaha and I called them and said, what do you think about this? And, and excitedly, you know, and this is the good thing. This is what I'm trying to finally get to. Okay. So remember Leanne said, when am I going to get, when, when am I going? I can't say that, can I? When are you going to get my husband back? When am I going to get get my husband back. And so Aubrey said to Leanne after that weekend, is this what dad used to be like? Now that almost makes me cry. Yeah. Is you. Because I guess, I guess it does make me cry. <laughs> That's nothing new. Right? <laughs> Um, because that's honestly, that's what I think about now. Like, I don't even care about basketball. I don't care. I, I can't wait till tomorrow to try to figure out, um, what I'm going to talk to, to a certain person that I'm visiting at the nursing home yeah. and, um, how I can lift up, lift their spirits up. And, and I want to know their stories and oh, it's so crazy. You found a new, you found a new, yeah. new passion. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, and, and, and it's a passion that's always been there. Yes. Uh, cause I mean, I, anybody who knows Greg is, knows that he's a God fearing man mm-hmm. and, um, He's, and he has that passion. He was always in you. And now you get to express that every day. I almost envy you a little bit. I wouldn't want to do it to save my life. But um, I'm, I'm happy to play the role that I play. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not do that on a daily day basis. I mean, I would be a bubbly mess like you are right now. <laughs> and just so you know, you're not the first person to cry on the podcast. No. So. <laughs> nope, we have a track record. <laughs> we break everyone down. <laughs> Uh, but but that that is the thing. I mean, when when God puts you on a path and you're able to do His mission for you, I mean, His mission that He puts you on that, that you feel like that you know that I am doing what God put me on this earth to do. Or I mean, and and don't, I'm not saying that you at the time as principal was not that because that was where you needed to be at that moment. I agree, hundred percent. Well, and and that's what I was reflecting on once. Um, I forget who I was talking with. Um, but each different stop in my ministry life, you know, uh, you know, there's beginnings and endings, and and one of them ended a little more rough than I would have liked. And so I got the question one time, was it a mistake to take that call in the first place? I said, absolutely not. Because there were things that people I impacted in that stop in life that God absolutely put me on that path for. And the ending of one led me here. And it was the timing that God had set up that, that led me um, right here to Trinity when there was then there was a, a gap to fill at Trinity. So it was God works, God isn't working just in your life, which is, God's working in all of our lives. Romans 8.28 says that he works so good 
good of all those who love him. But all means all, which means he's interweaving our our stories and exe- and putting us in places to impact people right where we are supposed to be at that time. And sometimes those seasons and chapters end and we move to the next one. You know, it's funny. I, I, I'm looking at you going, you're like so young. Uh-huh. I mean, you're like half my age. I'm a little bit younger than you. You're not, you're not quite half. Not yet. You'll, we'll catch up eventually. But, but what are you 46? 46. 46. Well, 46 in November. I don't know. I'm still 45. Let's go. 45. <laughs> that's a, that's a big I, round up. But where I was when I was in my 20s and where I am now and where I will be in 10 years. And what's interesting about that journey, because I go back to my Ed, anybody who knows Ed because you've seen the podcast knows that the journey's destination. You always have this journey that you're going on and the stuff you learn and the people that you impact. Because I'm thinking of the people all that time. I don't really think of, oh, that was the worst of the times the best of times kind of things. It was like, these are the people I impacted. These are the people that I had contacted. These are the people that I met that impacted me. Mm-hmm. It's all the positive stuff that I think of um, and the interactions I have with these individuals. And, and and sometimes I think of them fondly, like, man, I wish I could go and talk to these people again. I mean, they're in their own worlds in, in Boston or in Kansas City or in Buffalo or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and and as you move through through life, because, I mean, you think about it, you're talking about, I used to be a coach and then I became a principal and now you're becoming a pastor. All within your lifetime, you have three major careers, really. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking at you going, oh, <laughs> I remember this story. I'm like, what was that, yesterday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you could still do youth ministry here if you wanted. No, no. Well, I mean, I was a, I was a music therapist, and then I was a counselor, and a um, uh, and then I became executive administrator, and then I became an accountant, and I'm still. I'm, I mean, I, I, my career wide and vast. I can't believe it. But you look at those roads, and you sit there going, "This is amazing." And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. Don't get me wrong. You sit there and go, "Wow, God really had His hand on everything." And I wish I I wish I could say I knew that at the time. I mean, how many times? How many times do we do we pray to God and almost like? Tell them the outcome we would want, almost as if like God, you didn't think of this. Let me let me throw a scenario out here for you. Take some load off your shoulders here, and just let me tell you how to write this. If you do it this way, everything will work out. And it doesn't go the way you you pitched your scenario to God. And then you know, some time passes. Maybe it's maybe it's a couple weeks. Maybe it's a couple years. And you look back and you're like, I'm so glad you wrote that, God, because my idea was just idiotic. Like you knew exactly what you were doing. You know, there was a book um, we're reading right now in my Bible study called Man in the Mirror. And in there, I can't remember the exact quote. I don't have it in front of me. But he was talking about how this is how I think things should go. I have a plan. So I tell God, this is what my plan is. God says, no, I beg and plead to say, hey, let me do that. And then God tells me what to do. <laughs> and, it, and it's a lot better when he writes it because, you know, the guy's an author. So he actually, but the main thing is, is that we have this whole entire process we go through of this is where I want, this is the direction I want to go in. This is what I want to do. And this is how I want to get there. And God, I hope you will let me do that. Mm-hmm. And then you beg and plead when he's not letting you. And then eventually he just goes and then eventually you just go, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this because mm-hmm. this is what <laughs> he tells you what the plan is. You know? <laughs> so. to, to throw in another song reference, um, uh, I'm, I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan. And one of... one You're of kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, breaking news for everybody. Um, and one of the songs that has always connected with me is this song called Unanswered Prayers. And right off the bat, the idea of unanswered prayers as itself is not theologically correct. God answers every prayer. But the theme is the prayers that God says no to. And so it, it's a story song. And he tells, he talks about 
how he had a high school sweetheart and he would pray each night to God that she would be the one that he would marry. Uh, and I, I love the line, if God would only grant this wish, I'd never ask for anything again. And the story continues that he, he doesn't marry this woman and and uh, and marries someone else and they run into each other at, uh, at a homecoming football game. And and in talking with his, uh, his high school sweetheart, he realizes that he has much more in common with his wife than he ever did with uh, with the person he dated in high school. Um, and the, the reflection is God knows exactly what he's doing, even if it doesn't feel like it in, in that time. And, <laughs> oh, what we think we know. And, I, I love how we sit there and go, oh, God knows what he's doing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. When we're going through a struggle, it doesn't feel like it. How, how, and every single time it feels like God definitely proves himself more than worthy to write our stories for us. But even, even with that proof, us sinful humans still like to get a little angry when it's not going our way, God. Come on. I got this planned out. Why aren't you helping here? All right. I'm going to rein us back in because we're getting close to the end here. What? Going back to the burdens, going back to Grace Point, going back to counseling, going back to carrying each other's burdens, also having our burdens because guess what? Yeah, we have burdens too. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing that we're looking at is that go to counseling before you need it. Yes. But no doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, ma- ma- major decisions and major decisions are being made in life. That's the best time to reach out mm-hmm. because if you make a really poor decision, it can lead to some really bad things and then your your life might spin out of control for a while and then it's hard to get out mm-hmm. you know try not to get in the gutter try to just mm-hmm. stay on the street well and <laughs> potholes and all and <laughs> and if i i encourage people um insurance companies now mm-hmm. are increasingly recognizing the need for mental mm-hmm. health coverage that's just as important you know when you're feeling broken mentally it's just as damaging as walking around with a broken arm and not treating yeah. so a lot of insurance companies uh, are covering sessions sometimes maybe a six no cost session per year. So if uh, if you're on the fence and cost is a thing, just check with your insurance provider. What Grace Point also has, I'm assuming they have different. They have they do have resources. I, I don't really too. I don't really know. And, uh, and Anthony mentioned that we have we have some the Good uh, Samaritan Fund. We, we have some ability to help with that at Trinity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But I mean, and, but if you're in the gutter already, then also you know. Oh no but, doubt. Because I, I think there is a stigma. Yes, there is. It says, well, I, I need to go get help. Therefore, I must be crazy. I mean, you put that in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can sit there and go, well, yeah, I'm crazy. I got to go talk to these people. But really, everybody. I mean, that's why we seek out friends and wives. And we always just need to be able to talk to it. But to have somebody who's actually trained in it, and actually, mm-hmm. that's a completely different ballgame. And if you're worried about <laughs> what people are going to think of you, first off, I, <laughs> we, sometimes we worry. To look, I think we think people think about us way more than they actually do. And at the end of the day, you know, if, you know you're a close family. You definitely need to, to value what, what their thoughts are. But most people that you interact with, you know, their opinion, you know, it, it's it's not going to pay two cents to you. You you don't live with them, but you have to live with yourself. And it, this life, you know, Galatians six is evidence. We are not meant to carry these burdens. Like we're here for each other. Life was not meant to live on our own bootstrap. Well, I'm going to put up. This is the website uh, relationalhealth.org. This is the Grace Point website. Um, in there, it, it looks like yeah, they have locations. You can also request an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is just one resource. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also contact Trinity if you have other. Definitely. There's there's definitely other Christian counseling services, and uh, you know Anthony mentioned that he's gone to Grace Point. Um, Greg and I have both gone, and and we like it for the faith based aspect because God is interwoven in everything, and it helps us with clarity. 
But if if the if the faith based aspect is is a barrier for you, you know, other counseling is just as good. A licensed therapist, you know, even if it's not from Grace Point, is you know don't don't look down your nose just because it's not Grace Point or think that you know this is what we only recommend because counseling Grace Point or otherwise is incredibly helpful. All right. Well, Greg, thanks for being on. Um, I want to I want to have you pray today. Sounds good. Because uh, we can't we. It's kind of like uh, when they have a guest pastor, you can't actually have them do communion because I guess it's like faux pas or something. I don't know. I didn't realize that. I, I, it's not it's not kosher. <laughs> yeah, that that was definitely the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll use a Jewish word I for mean, that. Yeah, and and we know how much Paul loves to pray on these shows. Oh, and I just don't do it. Um, <laughs> so, um, if you mind praying for us, and- absolutely, uh, gracious God, uh, thank you so much for for the gift of the people around us. Uh, the fact that we are not meant to bear our own burdens, Lord. Uh, in those seasons where our burdens are light, help us seek out those who need someone to shoulder with them, Lord. And when we're in our low moments, help us have the courage to reach out to those who could lift our burdens and help us walk again. And Lord, um, the people around us are important, but Lord, I'll thank you for bearing our ultimate uh, burden, which was sin when you died on the cross, uh, Lord. When we're when we're convinced that we can't turn to you uh, because what we're going through is just too difficult or, or too egregious, Lord, remind us that your shoulders are, are quite wide, that you can bear any burden because you took the entire world's sin on those very same shoulders. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Greg, that was awesome. Awesome. I hope you had a good time. I mean, I he was crying on it and everything. <laughs> He's initiated. <laughs> hey. Well, I, uh, I, I'm super excited that that you're going down the path that you're that you're excited about. I, mean, I know I am too. Selfishly, I'm just excited to have you on staff even more. This will be awesome. I am a little I'm a little sad that I that you're because of this. I'm gonna have to cut down your your probably. Oh yeah. Like the next that. even like the next I'm teaching class the next two Sundays. Yeah, and then every other week. Every other like, week for a while at least. Yeah, that's crazy. You're already jumping in. Jumping in. Woo. Mar- March, uh, March 5th and 6th, I think that's the, f- the first weekend in March is when... Uh, His first non-emergency first sermon. First non-emergency <laughs> sermon. Yes. <laughs> you just make it up as you go. Woo. All right. Um, anything else? Anything going on in your, uh, in your world, Casey? Anything you need to uh, announce? Nothing crazy, but uh, there'll be there'll be upcoming youth events. Uh, there'll be, we'll let you, for our families that are in junior high and high school youth groups, there'll be more things coming up soon, so we'll keep you posted. Yep. And uh, in my world, uh, do your taxes. Yes. <laughs> All right. It was awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, peace. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that the Holy Spirit has used this time to focus you in on the one thing that you can practice this week as you live out your faith in your family and in your community. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it with a friend. If you would like to support the work that God is doing through Trinity Fremont, you can text a donation to 1-844-353-5782 or you can give online at www.trinityfremont.com slash donate.